The China Organized Straits Forum took place in Xiamen last Sunday, with top delegates missing from both sides. The KMT, which planned to send former lawmaker Wang Jingping, declared a boycott after a contentious remark by a Chinese state broadcaster. But KMT legislators did record messages that were played at the forum. From Beijing's side, Wang Yang, who leads the state's top political advisory body, also withdrew from the event last minute. He too appeared at the forum in video format. Despite the coronavirus pandemic, the Straits Forum has been able to go ahead as planned. This shows the resolve of people on both sides of the strait to broaden exchanges and interactions and to create peace. The Straits Forum was held on Sunday. Although the KMT did not send an official delegation, lawmakers, including Chen Yuzhen and Li Dewei, recorded remarks that were played at the event. In the flow of history, there are perhaps times when the wrongful actions of a minority affect the exchanges and relations between Taiwan and the mainland. But none of these would truly have an impact on the general trend. This year marks the first time the KMT did not send an official delegation to the Straits Forum. The chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, Wang Yang, did not attend as expected. Instead, he too prepared video remarks, in which he upbraided the DPP and reiterated the 1992 consensus. We insist on the 1992 consensus as the foundation for furthering cross-strait relations and promoting peaceful development. Suing for peace. I think that this is just something that the CCTV news anchor said. I've said it before. When Catherine Chang of Era Television says something, is she representing President Tsai Ing-wen? No. And Chinese officials stated that the CCTV statement was not the official government position. I am also the CEO of the Youth Development Foundation, which handles cross-strait youth exchanges. In past days, I had done a lot of that. Of course, this time, they had invited me quite early on. Lee stressed that he had issued his pre-recorded message in his capacity as head of the Youth Development Foundation. Lee accused the DPP of opposition for opposition's sake when it came to cross-strait exchanges. A DPP lawmaker was of a different view. The Straits Forum is no longer a meaningful place for exchanges with the CCP. The people who go over there are from parties so minor they don't even have a caucus. They are very low ranking. The forum is a stage for China to disseminate propaganda and preach to the choir. The best way for China and Taiwan to communicate is still through government channels. DPP legislator Chen Yunpeng says cross-strait exchanges should be carried out by government officials and not by the CCP's propaganda bodies. Taiwan's defense ministry has released a statement emphasizing that Taiwan has the right to self-defense and counter-attack. The announcement comes amid a growing threat from China, which has repeatedly sent aircraft into Taiwan's airspace in recent weeks. In addition, Taiwan's Air Force Competent Command has been given the power to authorize return fire by pilots on the front line. Previously, a counterattack could only be launched on the authority of the Ministry of National Defense. Today is National Disaster Prevention Day, also the 21st anniversary of the devastating Gigi earthquake on September 21, 1999. Taiwan ran its annual large-scale drill in Tainan on Monday, testing responses to a scenario of a 6.9 magnitude earthquake in a small village. In addition, people across the country received an emergency earthquake notification on their phones as part of a test of the national alert system. The red light flashes on the classroom wall. It's an earthquake warning at this school for the hearing impaired, and it sends the kids ducking under the desks. 
For National Disaster Prevention Day, President Tsai Ing-wen headed south to a Tainan school for children with hearing impairments. She saw the children in action during an earthquake and evacuation drill. This is my first time participating in a drill at one of our special needs schools. I saw that all of you students, from receiving the alert to taking cover to evacuation, comported yourselves wonderfully. You were all very calm. I want to give you all a great big thumbs up. The Interior Ministry also held a large-scale earthquake, firefighting and disaster relief exercise in Tainan, mobilizing more than 1,300 soldiers, airmen, police and civilians from 19 cities and counties. The drill tested the response to a 6.9 magnitude quake in Tainan's Zhongzhou village. Visiting the units one by one, Tai conducted an inspection tour of each link of the action plan. Besides drilling first responders, the central government worked with five telecom providers to test its cell phone emergency alert system. At 9.21 in the morning, mobile phones across the country received a presidential alert notification. At 10 a.m., the airspace threat alert system was activated to issue a tsunami warning. At 10.59, all cable TV channels cut to the public television service for a broadcast on disaster prevention. Today, we also tested the integration of our emergency telecommunication system. That's a top priority for disaster response. We're happy to see our private telecommunications firms working with the relevant government agencies to test information transmission. Through text message, radio and television, the government tested its capacity to notify the public in the event of a major emergency. Pingdong's Hantun Airport saw its first civil aircraft land in more than six years on Monday. A turboprop plane carrying 12 aviation inspectors and engineers flew in from Manila on a test flight that could pave the way for more charter flight traffic. The Hangzhou Airport is just a short taxi trip from attractions like Kunding National Park. But during its heyday, flight cancellations were a routine occurrence due to its narrow runways and strong winds. In 2007, the opening of the high-speed rail sped up the airport's decline, with, with carriers suspending their services one by one. No commercial flights have operated in the airport since September 2014. Business students from Zhongyuan Christian University have helped a farmer in Miaoli revolutionize his business. Meanwhile, students from Taipei Tech have helped to remodel a village in Shinzu County. It's all thanks to the Center for University Social Responsibility, a Ministry of Education scheme to get students contributing to wider society. <laughs> Through the year I've been on the program, my parents have been saying, you were studying business administration. How did you drift off course to end up selling fruit? Once, pear farmer Zhang Yihai had no choice but to sell his produce to merchants at the price they set. But the CYCU student program has changed his whole business model. Honestly, when they first arrived, we were all quite unsure about it. Lots of people have come and tried things out before, including small businesses. But they all came here and did some limited project, not like CYCU, which is in it for the long haul. It's been five years since CYCU's project in Miali Shuanglian began. The school has made a successful local brand focused on the well-established transplanted pear harvest. University social responsibility. We use the word responsibility, and that should be based on a concept of sustainable development. We hope to cultivate the students in such a way that they don't just strive for their own benefit, but also contribute something to society. Meanwhile, in Jianshi Township, Shinju County, CYCU is working with Taipei Tech on a similar village project that aims to create change from the inside out. 
，它放的时候麻烦要轻轻放，轻轻放，好，不然它会生气。CYCU commercial design students and the team from Taipei Tech want to entice local indigenous youth to come back to their old village, Shilei. To that end, they created the Shilei Friendly Veg brand. Apart from the careful branding, Taipei Tech architecture students also made a survey trip to the village before offering a design to remodel the buildings on Daogao Mountain. Once the economic and employment conditions have been improved, next we will work with them on a complete remodeling of the village's construction. I think architects have a responsibility to make society better. These practical projects bring classroom topics right into the dilemmas faced by real people in local projects, giving students a chance to try out their design ideas in the real world before graduation. Taiwan recorded two more cases of COVID-19 on Monday in two arrivals from Indonesia and Myanmar. That brings Taiwan's total tally to 509. In related news, a Hungarian research team has found that the COVID virus is, quote, surprisingly resilient. Their study was published last Thursday on BioArchive, a server for papers not yet peer-reviewed. The paper says that one virus particle, measuring 80 nanometers wide, was able to withstand the force of a needle poking it from top to bottom. Each time the needle was lifted, the virus bounced back to recover its shape. Coronaviruses can be said to be a more resistant kind of virus. Their structure is quite stable, so they can withstand pressure and stimulation in the environment and still keep their structural integrity. Not only is the virus said to be highly elastic, it's also believed to be extraordinarily heat-resistant. Earlier this year, French researchers found that the virus can survive even when heated at 60 degrees Celsius, which is the common protocol for deactivating most viruses. Their study, also published on BioArchive, found that the virus can replicate in animal bodies for more than an hour at 60 degrees. Only heating the virus to 92 degrees for 15 minutes was able to deactivate the virus, according to the study. A U.S. citizen has recorded a heartfelt video to thank local police in Taoyuan for taking care of him during his time in quarantine. George Fei recorded the video before departing Taiwan. His good experience with Taiwan's police was thanks to the work of Foreign Nationals Liaison Officer Ling Yiting. Is that Taiwan right now, especially with the COVID virus, is the safest place in the world. Fei recorded this video after his time in quarantine in Taiwan. He said the national handling of the coronavirus, as well as the care he received from local authorities in Taoyuan, were both unforgettable. Uh, the Taoyuan Police Department actually delivered a care package, a box full of goodies, and they called and checked on me every single day to make sure that I was doing okay and to make sure that I had no symptoms of the COVID virus. Fei arrived in Taiwan in late March. He was particularly indebted to one Lin Yu Ting, who takes care of foreign nationals affairs at Lu Zhu Police Precinct in Taoyuan. She's a graduate of New York University. During the height of the pandemic, she spent hours every day managing the situation of foreign nationals quarantining in her district. 
Many say they're deeply grateful for her hard work. 就是收到那个美国殖民众的感谢函的时候，其实心里觉得蛮温暖的。When I got a thank you letter from a U.S. citizen, it did warm my heart a bit, especially during the main pandemic period. It was quite a formidable task because of our location. We had lots of foreign citizens in quarantine. Now Lin has turned her attention to studying Vietnamese to improve her ability to communicate with migrant workers from Vietnam who live in Taiwan. Cross-cultural diplomacy like this might not register in a history book, but it's a step toward changing the world. Top-seeded Xie Suwei of Taiwan in the Czech Republic's Barbara Stritzova claimed the women's doubles title last Sunday at the Italian Open. The pair played a phenomenal final on the red clay court of Rome, winning 6-2, 6-2 to collect their fourth title of the season. Xie and Stritzova didn't drop a set all week en route to the finals. In the last match in Rome, they faced Germany's Anna-Lena Friedsam and Romania's Raluca Olaru. The Taiwan-Czech pair made a fast start, knocking back four points in a row to win the first service game. They broke serve in the fourth and eighth games to win the first set 6-2. In their first service game of the second set, Stritzova and Xie fell behind 15-30, but the pair stepped up their teamwork at the net, pulling ahead to win the game. In the subsequent game, the duo again broke serve to level out the score 2-2. In game six, Jan Stritzova controlled the ball with deft precision to push the game to deuce. A miscue from the opposing side allowed them to convert a crucial breakpoint. Leading the set 5-2, Jan Stritzova breezed through the tiebreak to emerge triumphant. With four straight wins and no sets dropped, the duo picked up the fourth championship title of the season. So far this year, they've won 21 of 22 matches played. She has celebrated the win with a photo of Stritzova and their trophies on social media. Together, they've won 62,520 euros, or around 2.19 million NT. Next up for the pair is the French Open, which opens on Sunday. Taiwanese pitcher Wayne Chen is returning to Japan's professional league after nine years in the U.S. Chen has signed with the Chiba Lotta Marines. He previously played for Japan's Chunichi Dragons before crossing the Pacific to the U.S. Major League in 2012. According to Japanese media reports, Chen wore number 58 for the Marines and earned 30 million yen a year, or about 8.3 million NT. He's seen as a key part of the Marines' campaign to win the Japan Series. Chen arrived in Japan last Saturday. He will spend two weeks in quarantine before joining his teammates on the field. He's expected to hold a press conference on October 5th. Manuel de Falla is one of Spain's most important composers of the early 20th century. Two of his masterpieces will be staged at National Taichung Theatre on September 26th and 27th. Spanish conductor Manuel Busto was invited to conduct the shows. Let's take a look. Dancer Xue Yuxian and Xue Jiehong strip up a flamingo dance. They're performing to Defaya's ballet composition, Alamor Brujo. This is another Defaya masterpiece, an opera titled La Vida Breve. Due to the pandemic, the March premiere of two Defaya pieces was cancelled. They will now be staged in Taizong on September 26th and 27th. Fifty years ago, opera director Zhen Daosheng was a student in Spain, where he was deeply impressed by the works of Defaya. This is the first time we do the Manuel Falla's opera with the dance 
and Opera put together. Fifty, 50 years ago, I was in Spain, yeah, in Madrid, and I have visited the, the grave of Manfaya, and I paid my worship to, to him. And he said, someday, I hope We'll do your opera in Taiwan. Tang invited Busto to conduct the shows. Busto is a principal guest conductor in the Spanish National Ballet and a specialist in flamenco and Spanish folklore. Busto had high praise for the musicians he's working with in Taiwan. A very special thing is the way they respect the music of Manuel de Falla. I dare say that they want to try to respect that to the maximum extent possible, even more than Spanish people. I find that incredible. They want to be the most faithful to Falla. That is very hard. Oftentimes, people don't even try to approach it that way. But here, they are trying to do that. And I feel that as a conductor. It's what I get and it's what I can give later. In addition, National Taizong Theatre has teamed up with the Institute for Information Industry to present a virtual theatre experience. A VR area will be set up at the theatre, where the audience can put on a headset and experience what it's like to perform on stage. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingxiang in Taipei. Taiwan's birth rate is declining rapidly, with the under-16 demographic currently shrinking by 4% a year. Meanwhile, the popularity of pets is skyrocketing, with registered cats and dogs multiplying by 6% a year. Demographers say that later this year, the number of pets will surpass the under-16 population for the first time. That means the pet business is booming, so much so that even high schoolers are preparing to enter the industry. Helen holds her fur baby in her arms and lovingly feeds it a snack. The cat purrs contentedly. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Her two beloved dogs, Michael and Puyo, can sing, wave, and say hello. And this miniature poodle, Kiwi, makes up the gang of four. They're the apple of Helen and her husband's eye. The couple, who married almost 10 years ago, have no plans for human children. I think it's really hard to educate kids these days. We already had pets when we were dating. We had Michael, so I think having the dogs is already plenty. We spend everything on the dogs. We don't have any motivation to have children. The fridge is full of pet food. Every year they get birthday cakes, brand new clothes, neckerchiefs, and toys. The couple spends at least 15,000 NT on their pets every month, while annual health checks and insurance are another 10,000 NT. There are more and more young couples like this. The annual value of Taiwan's pet industry is over 50 billion NT, and educational institutions are getting in on the act. A high school classroom. Four-footed friends roam the halls. This year, Taipei's Jingwen High School began offering a pet service class with a commercial partner. Pet grooming, pet care, pet hotels, and business management are all required modules. I think it's great. I'm really interested in what I'll study next. So I hope I can master it, get my certification, and do the job well. Because the birth rate is declining, and people don't like getting married or having children. If we can teach children this professional knowledge, they'll have opportunities to find work in the pet industry, or even start their own business. Pets are an obvious commercial opportunity, and the school attracts students interested in the field. Those who take the class get an early avenue into the business.